The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak as we look ahead to training camp with producers Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli. We're pleased to join us today, everybody, with training camp around the corner. There's a ramp-up going on, rookies and COVID testing and the veterans and the quarterbacks all getting ready for the 2020 season. Coming up, we're going to hear from Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace from their conference call with reporters earlier this week. And then the quarterbacks, the Derby, the one that everybody's talking about around the league. Tom, I was watching NFL Network uh, this week and almost every day was something about Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles in the quarterback Derby. And that's going to be the story here. It's the most high-profile position in the NFL. In the Chicago Bears are one of the most widely concerning franchises in the NFL. Everybody around the country has interest in this battle. And I know there's other high-profile quarterbacks that are already inserted with starters, but it's really unusual, Jeff, to have a quarterback competition that was announced months in advance, have this COVID incident hit like it's hitting, but then they, the quarterbacks have to refocus their attention and kind of put the football blinders on. It may be impossible, but it's going to be interesting to see how this battle works itself out. Well, you know, if you're looking what Matt Nagy has said all along, transparent and honest, uh, Ryan Pace uh, has said the same thing really from this entire offseason right through this week. Uh, Mitch and Nick were as transparent and honest about the quarterback competition as it relates to themselves, but in the framework of team. And that is the one takeaway that I think is arguably the most important thing because they both know that if this gets sideways for any reason other than team first, then it's going to be something that brings an entire team down. It's happened many times before in the, in the NFL world. It happens all the time in college football. And so they are two professionals. They're not going to let this happen. You're right. You want the competition not to be destructive to the team, to what this team can overall be. You talk about it having a championship style defense and you have the competition at the quarterback position. There's other positions with the competition you can't ignore. However, when you're talking about the quarterback, it's very fragile because you don't want to start developing factions here. You want it to be all for one and one for all. And I think Nick said some of that in his press conference and the way he answered his questions. And you got to admire the resiliency that we've learned, we've learned about Mitchell Trubisky throughout his time here. So I do think you have two great competitors. You have a quarterback room of coaches that really understand the players, what they need to do to change and be better, and then overall how it fits into the rest of the talent on this team. Now right, let's look at some of the news of the week. Is to Eddie Goldman. Eddie Goldman opting out. Uh, you heard from uh, Coach Nagy and, and Ryan Pace about it. They're in his corner. This is a personal decision throughout the league. There's a growing number of players doing that. What was your takeaway on on Big Eddie? I think it's unfortunate because I think his potential is ahead of him. And when you have the chance to play on a defense that could be as explosive as this could, it can not only open up opportunities for Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, and Akeem, 
but it could also open up other opportunities, more opportunities of single-blocked Eddie Goldman. And I think he could turn that into sacks and tackle for loss. But I do believe that these guys that are opting out, they take everything into consideration, their health, their family's life, and how it'll affect them. If he can't concentrate on football, we need to have that next guy up mentality. One of the next guys up might be John Jenkins. He brought him back. He was with the Bears a short time ago, a couple of years ago. Uh, the big body, you know, definitely fits the, the profile of a traditional nose tackle, given his size. He's on the, uh, the, the sidelines right now with uh, the COVID uh, restricted aspect of things. And he'll be back. But, you know, there's others that we're going to throw in there and, and see how they work. The versatility aspect of uh, that front with Jay Rogers and the tutoring of guys like Bilal Nichols, the tutoring of Brent Urban. You've got Roy Robertson Harris. There's some undrafted guys that may also you be hearing from. Right. Let's not forget about a guy like Abdullah Anderson. Here's a guy that is perfectly built for that position. He's got a low center of gravity. He's got a lot of power. He's got athleticism and versatility to play up and down the line of scrimmage. And when you mention Roy Robertson, Harrison, Blau, Nichols, Jeff, these guys are just scratching the surface of ultimately what they can accomplish in the NFL. They should really be you know, excited about their opportunity. It's unfortunate what Eddie's going through, but, you know, in this next four months, they have to selfishly look at their own opportunity. So it sounds like the rookies have uh, done a very good job right out of the gate, Tom, because the number one thing that Matt Nagy has reinforced is they better know your playbook. And so there's been a few walkthroughs, and it sounds like they have done a nice job. Exactly. You know, I think Mitch even reiterated that point today a little bit at his press conference about what the rookies have been able to absorb, what they're prepared for, because this has been preached to them countless amount of times in all the Zoom meetings they, they have faced. But, you know, I think one of the things they touched about is the Bears have put together a confident protocol plan that when these guys do get to the facility, they don't have to worry about the protocol plan in place. They can only think and worry about the football aspect that they have to learn, improve, and, and start to absorb. All right, time for our first break on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. When we come back, we'll hear some sound from Mitch Trubisky, the Bears quarterback. who will get the first of the snaps when the offseason continues into the training camp portion of the 2020 season. Stick around here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, as we break down the week that was in the lead-up to what is going to be a ramp-up to middle of the August when they'll get on the field and in pads for the start of the 2020 training camp for the Bears, but a lot to get to. Let's start with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, right now, Mitch spent his entire time, Tom, in the Chicagoland area. He was getting help from Jeff Christensen, who is a quarterback coach and runs a quarterback academy called Throw It Deep. He was working on his body. He's getting stronger. He's worked on his footwork. He's worked on his mental aspect of the game, reading coverages and whatnot. And, and overall, Trubisky looks like he did a lot of self-scouting, Tom, and, and and before we play some of this sound, just your overall take on how he worked on himself in the offseason. 
Well, I like it. He talked about the work that he had through his core muscles. So you're in better control of your body. You have a chance to stay healthier. You're able to do some constructive work on your core that carries up into the shoulder, makes your shoulder stronger on the, on the surgically repaired shoulder, and it'll get him out of that harness, get him a, more of a comfortable player. And then going to Jeff, listen, I've known Jeff Christensen for years. In going to another outside observer, to make these subtle adjustments, changes, and observances of what he's known his whole life, I think it's it's always good to get that that extra set of eyes on what you're trying to accomplish. Well, now he's got Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, and John DeFilippo, the quarterback coach, new eyes and voices also to tend to him and try and get things right in the right direction. While all this is going on, he's competing for a starting job, he believes, that he will be able to uh, secure and, and then lead while competing. And that's a big aspect of things. For me, it, it's easy um, just with every, everything everyone's said about me and now being in a quarterback competition every day, I'm just trying to bring that edge. And hopefully that edge and sense of urgency I'm bringing uh, rubs off on, on the young guys and everyone else to where they got to gotta pick it up and, and get to my tempo and we're just out there competing. Um, at every single spot, offense versus defense, whatever it is. And um, I think this acclimation period is going to go a lot faster than a lot of these guys think. So everybody better dive into the playbook, being taken care of your bodies and um, being smart when you're away from the facility and taking those precautions um, with all the testing and stuff going on. So I think me just bringing that edge and having that sense of urgency um, and bringing it every day is, is going to help get these guys going and, and everyone should feel that sense of urgency. Tom, he talks, he talks like the leader he believes he is and that the players believe he is as well because that's how he has to go about this. He has to attack it exactly the way he just spoke there. Well, Jeff, if, believe it or not, this is the first time Mitchell Trubisky has been in a competition. When he came here to back up Mike Glennon, it wasn't a competition. It was how long it would take Mitchell Trubisky to get up to speed to possibly play during that rookie season. Chase Daniels was not a competitor. He was a backup. He was not a guy that was going to light a fighter under Mitch Trubisky because they're going out there and they're judging every single play against the guy that's taking the next step. And I think it's a great opportunity for every professional athlete through their competitive life that has that competition that really can dictate your fate. And I think I've never seen Mitch uh, shy away from competition. He's a hardworking guy in the building. But when you look at this stage of his football life, this is the first real competition that he's going to face. And I'm really excited to see how it affects both of these players. One of the significant aspects of what he needs to do, and that's from Matt Nagy's mouth, really from the season ended, is to, to be better at ID and coverages. I think definitely recognizing coverages just from watching so many different defenses this offseason. And then I think just seeing the mistakes I made last year and just knowing that all of them are easily correctable I think that gives me confidence going into the future. So I watched a lot of ball over the, over over this past year and over the summer. Um, you see the mistakes. You see really good plays. You see some really bad plays, and you see some um, just dumb things that shouldn't happen. But I think uh, everyone just being on the same page, doing their job, and then me making smart decisions. I think that's where you see a lot of the good plays happen. So I think uh, all the bad mistakes they're easily correctable, and uh, I think you just talk through those things to get on the same page with your guys and. Get, and for me, getting on the same page with uh, 
Coach Nagy and our and our other coaches to where uh, I'm just going out there and playing fast and uh, recognizing uh, where I need to go with the football earlier and just making good decisions. You know, Jeff, when you talk about recognizing the defense is quicker, I think that's one of the things that's going to really help is accuracy. Because the quicker you know where you're going with the ball, the quicker that you can implement that footwork, that core strength that you put in, your throwing motion and your accuracy. So, yeah, that's what every quarterback that comes in the league is going to be the dividing line, if whether he's going to be a good player or an average player. Identifying coverages is the thing that's going to help him most. So Mitch Trubisky ready to go as the Bears get ready for their quarterback competition 2020. We'll hear from the other competitor, the newcomer, Nick Foles. Just a couple of days in Chicago after spending the entire offseason in California. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CBW. People who get it. Learn more at CBW.com. Jeff Joniak's out there. Good to have you alongside, along with Dan Brilli and Jordan Treadup. As we break things down, the quarterback derby underway between Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. How it all breaks down. Tom, what are you going to most be interested in with no games? How these guys act day to day. What are you going to be keying on yourself as the analyst of this situation? I'm going to watch how Nick Folds reacts against the pressure of the Bears defense. Last year, Jeff, when we sat out there in training camp, we watched an aggressive defense coming at the quarterbacks at a record pace and making it very difficult to complete passes. And one thing about Matt Nagy has talked about all offseason, how the 11 on 11, the 9 on 7, there's going to be a little bit more live action. So Nick Folds doesn't understand this defense yet as well as Mitchell Trubisky does. And I do think it's going to be an eye-opener. I love everything Nick Foles has said. I think he's a really experienced quarterback in a lot of different ways, from the versatility of the offenses he's played in, his own skill set. But again, when you take it to the practice field in mid-August and they go to those padded practices, Nick Foles is going to be, he's going to be seeing a, a championship, a, a playoff-style defense in practice every day, and I think it'll help him as much as it'll help Mitch. So, Foles, this week uh, really made it clear uh, that the mental part of this process is very critical. The key is getting to the mindset to where it does not make a difference. Um, that would be like saying, hey, if you're not the starter of this game, but you get thrown in in the fourth quarter because you're not the starter, you don't need to play good because you're not the starter. Well, that's not how this is. I've been thrown into the fourth quarter of some big games. I've been thrown in when I wasn't a starter. Did I have the luxury of just saying, you know what? That's just what it is. No, you got to play at that level. That We get so much into, oh, this guy's a starter. This guy's a backup. Whatever. I mean, if you're out there playing, like execute the play, you got to build those relationships with teammates. That's the biggest thing that's not talked about. Building the camaraderie, building the culture. I mean, players make plays. You watch film, you're not running routes on paper. There's a five-step route that I've thrown in games that turns into a three-step route um, because the guy played and he did his thing. He didn't run it on paper. If he had ran it on paper, it would not have worked. Players make plays. Nagy will tell you the same thing. Um, so it's not just speech. Like, this is me focusing in on what's coming. Um, because competitions, though they are, I mean, competitions, fourth quarter, overtime, like, you got to be at your best. Absolutely. 
Um, but competitions are really good. I love competition and practice. I love competition and whatever. Um, but sometimes competitions, if you approach them the wrong way, become very toxic for a team and an organization because then it becomes about me and not about the team. So the hardest thing is how do I make it about the team and then enjoy it in a QB room when I'm competing with the guys. And the biggest thing is having great conversations with Mitch and Tyler, us realizing we're in this together, though that we are competing from the outside, who's going to be the starter, who's going to be the back or whatever that's real. We don't have to like, you sit over there. I sit over here. We're not talking until this is done. No, like let's talk through, how can we make this offense better? How can we do that? And whoever's the best person at executing this offense that can help the Chicago bears win games and lead this team should be the starter. And then the other guys will be there to support them. And if for some reason that starter gets hurt, then the guy who's behind him will go in and he will lead the team. And then the other guy, that's, that's how the best teams play. That's how the best teams work. I don't just say that from not, I've been on those teams. I've seen how it works and that's how I approach it. And, and that's, what's important to me. And as you can see, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about that. I'm pretty passionate about helping people. I'm pretty passionate about developing relationships. Um, I've seen it done very well and I've seen it done very poorly. So I can pull from each way. But for me, I choose to, I, I look forward to helping Mitch. I look forward to helping Tyler. Um, I look forward to them throwing touchdowns in practice and me cheering them on. And then I want to go out there and execute as well. And at the end of this whole thing, we'll see what the coaches say and whatever the coaches say, that's best for the team. And then we roll as the Chicago Bears and we get this thing going. Um, fortunately, we'll be able to do that because as we've seen in 2020, you don't know what's going to happen. Tom, how important is that three-minute statement by Nick Foles right there to the entire team? Jeff, it's filled with wisdom. It's filled with so much experiences, positive and negative, but always turning them into the positive. In his press conference today, he says, look, if they call a play and I know a little bit, a little bit how to run this play efficiently, I'm going to share it with Mitch and with Tyler. I'm not going to hold that information back. I'm telling you, I became more of a Bears fan after listening to Nick and his presentation. And Nick or Mitchell Trubisky has to turn Nick Folds into his greatest asset. And I think they can do it together. The competitiveness, the camaraderie, the fun off the field. And a lot of the seriousness will take place on the field. But the conversations you can have off the field, Jeff, it can help develop a young mind like Mitchell Trubisky at a really sped up pace. Well, that's nine years and five teams of uh, experience, Shannon, right there. A little more here from Nick uh, on how not to overhype the details, the minute by minute, the daily process of trying to impress coaches to win the job. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's the biggest challenge for any person and athletes is when you have a timeline and you have to do something and someone's analyzing you, like in this situation, like, what do I do? It's easy to stress out about it, every single little thing um, and worry and, and, and try to, okay, how do I, out, how do I do this? How do I do that? And the advice I would say is, and this is how I'm approaching it, is alleviate all that stress because at the end of the day, what they decide, the way you control it is being the best you you can be today. Like I said, in this next meeting, that's all I have to worry about. Um, I have to go in there. I'm going to listen, hopefully have some great conversation. Um, we'll talk through football. We'll talk through jobs. We'll talk through reads. We'll talk through why we're doing it. I'm a big why guy. You got to tell me why. If you don't tell me why, I'm, I'm going to talk and we're going to have a conversation until we figure out why. Um, 
And so those little things add up to where all of a sudden you're honed into football, you're honed into playing, and you just forget about all the other baloney. I mean, that was the mindset going in, you know, to the playoffs in 17. Everyone wanted to know how the heck you handle this situation. It's, it's like anything else in life. I'm, I'm human like everyone else where all those distractions do affect me at a moment. You can ask my wife. There's times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm freaking out. And then she's like, all right. And then I'll take a breath and we'll have a conversation about, all right, I know how to home back in. I know how to eliminate the clutter. So I spend time eliminating stuff that shouldn't be in my mind, that I shouldn't focus on. Then I home back into the moment. And I say that to say there's people that will see this interview say, like kids that are going through that. And it's like, hey, we as professional athletes deal with that, but we might not talk about it all the time while I'm talking about it. And this is how you handle it. You got to eliminate the clutter and just focus on the simple things and try your best to enjoy it. Because when you enjoy something, you usually do it better. Tom, is that easier said than done? And have you been in that situation where you worried so much about everything every single day that it stunted your ability to perform day to day? You know, I still do. Uh, but that was something that the head coach instilled on me. But I do think it's probably the most valuable advice that a player can give to another player at the same position. Through the experiences that Nick has lived through, he understands that there's competition, but you can't dwell on mistakes. You have to think through the play, how to correct it, and then put yourself in a more comfortable and confident, you know, reaction, even if you do make a mistake, because it's something you have to improve on. If you just sit there and dwell on the mistake, you'll never improve the, what the factors were about it. If you think about why you made the mistake, it's not going to happen again. So that piece right there, Jeff, is some of the best advice I've ever heard. If it was Nick was giving it to a high school quarterback or to the, a, a competitive offensive lineman, I think it's, it's really solid advice. Hey, Bears fans, skip the chore of laundry and enjoy life. Not laundry. Tide Cleaners offering 50% off all dry cleaning orders. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Use promo code BEARS. Some exclusions may apply. Coming up next, we'll hear from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy as we march on here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, Bears fans, it's important to stay connected now more than ever. And at Motorola, we love making that possible. With the new Razor, you can enjoy staying connected a little bit more. It's a phone, it's an accessory, it's an icon reinvented. Hello, Moto, and hello, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Bears fans. Thanks for joining us here on Bears All Access, our first training camp version of Bears All Access. We've enjoyed Jim Miller over the months in this crazy offseason, uh, but now Jim's uh, off to training camp duty, as we are as well. So sit back and enjoy. We'll have uh, reports not only here on the score, but on WBBM throughout the rest of the season. Tom, let's, uh, let's break things down from a naggy and pace perspective. First of all, the safety plan. And, and this has been something worked on for months and months, and they took it quite seriously. And Ryan Pace believes that their plan is top-notch. For us, it really comes down to more about actions than words. So I'm, I'm really excited when our veterans get here, they walk in the building and they see everything we've done. Because I tru truly believe, you know, we've gone above and beyond. And they're going to feel that when they get here. I really believe we have the best setup in the NFL in regards to how we're handling this. Now, you know, he thinks that then, and, and, you know, we heard this from Nick Foles this week. Yeah, he, he felt a lot better about 
seeing what they've done. They've gone beyond the recommended protocols to make sure that everybody stays safe. Are there going to be scenarios? Yes. Are they going to have to deal with stuff? Yes. But boy, how perfect is the timing for the expansion of Hallis Hall at the level that they did expand because they got a lot more usable space to pull this off? Yeah, you know, I think that's the first comfort zone that you want to put the entire team in. Because whether it's a rookie talking on the phone back to their parents or their support system to tell them about how safe they feel, or a guy like Nick Foles who's coming here for the first time with a young family himself, that whole gap that needs to be covered has to be a gap that has a safety net involved in it. And what they put together, I think the, the protocol, the plan in place, the separation will allow these guys to walk into the building with great confidence. Now we talked about Eddie Goldman uh, opting out and Ryan's perspective on it was one of, you know, understanding. You just recognize that this is personal for everyone and you're just very respectful and supportive um, of that decision. And so, you know, both Matt and I, you know, talked to Eddie, we relayed that to Eddie and, you know, Eddie's an important part of our team and our family and, we're going to welcome him back at the appropriate time. You know, he's only 26 years old, Tommy. Yeah, you know, you know I, I'm a little disappointed because, again, I like to see the process of Eddie Goldman throughout his career, where he started and what he's become. And I think Jay Rogers is a really good coach to get him to the best level he can play. And selfishly, I'm thinking about the Bears. However, I don't want any players in the building that are not competent with the situation they're giving. I don't need... I, I just want positive conversation once they get in there. So Eddie will be back, and we look for the Bears will look forward to having him. We put a lot in the quarterback uh, decision and the process in, in this show, and uh, Ryan Pace weighed in on it. And uh, the emphasis is they're going to take every snap, every play, evaluated as a group. You know, it's going to be an evaluation of the entire process, not not just each practice. And I think let it play out naturally. Let it come to us and. The good thing with, with Matt, it's, it's constant dialogue, constant communication, constant collaboration between him and I and his coaching staff and the personnel staff. So like everything we do, it'll be a collaborative decision. And I think what makes it easy is just our constant communication. You know, Jeff, one thing about the competition, to me, an offensive player, quarterback or right guard will be an easier position to decide the competition because when you – you say the verbiage in the huddle, there's an exact to it. You don't, your job doesn't, your job doesn't have a variances to it. And so if you're trying to decide whether the right guard's doing the right thing or the quarterback made the right decision, it's easy. It's probably easier done on the offensive side of the ball than defense. And now to Matt Nagy. And, and this is music to our ears because he's talked about it from the moment the season ended, what his plan is. And he's following through on it. We want to be smart in this process, but there's the balance of having that physicality that we are going to be, we're going to freaking get after it in this training camp. So mindset wise, when we're going and we strap it up and go live and we hit, and we tackle, there's going to be a mindset that we're going to be a tough football team. Tommy wants toughness. He wants physicality and he wants mental toughness. Can he pull it off with this weird process that this team is about to embark on? If the plan is still in place when they get the full pads, don't ever leave the locker room thinking it's going to be an easy practice. Matt has put you on notice. So don't go, oh, coach, I was surprised. I thought we were going half speed today. He's already made it been known from the first visit to the podium at the conclusion of the season 
till the Zoom call the other day. When we are in full pads, this is going to be live, good hitting football. All right. So how has Matt Nagy processed the quarterback battle himself? He's done it with honesty and transparency, and that is continuing to be the theme. Open communication, the key in this quarterback battle. If one of the quarterbacks is stinking it up and he's, he's playing like crap, we're going to tell you you're playing like crap, right? And if you're playing really well, we're, and, and we're going to tell you that in front of the other one. They're both going to know when someone's playing good and someone's playing good or someone's playing bad and someone's playing bad. They're going to know that. And so when the time comes that we inevitably need to make a decision, trust me, it's not going to be a surprise to them. You know, Jeff, this is not a solo mission for Matt Nagy. He's got some really watchful eyes in the in this quarterback room that have seen Mitch on the practice field and have seen Nick on the practice field. So I think Matt's is gonna Matt is gonna have a lot of help this year in the observances of this quarterback ballot battle. All right. So that's uh, the week that was. Uh, let's uh, tackle some other things around the league that it just found very interesting this week. Uh, number one. Uh, how teams are going to plan for COVID issues. So you got a rookie coach in New York, the Giants, Joe Judge, saying they're going to have a succession plan for every coach and player if they get infected, including himself. And I hadn't thought about that. I'm only thinking about the players. You got to think about the coaches. You know, Jeff, I played a season where Mike Dicka had a heart attack in the middle of the season. They had no plan in place for that. So they had to quickly organize a plan and everything went according to plan. We didn't skip a beat, and it kept on going. It was really unfortunate that we had to live through that at that time, but there's a lot of times during the course of the season, and you see it as much as anybody, you have something thrust in front of your face with little or no notification, and you have to make an adjustment, whether you're a player, a coach, or someone in the front office. All right, Joe Burrow signed his contract, and a quote this week, I don't plan on spending any contract money. I'm going to live off my marketing money. I'll let the contract <laughs> money accrue in the bank. Sounds good as a very young man out of LSU, doesn't it? He's, got, he's getting good advice somewhere. I admire him for speaking that frankly about it, and hopefully he'll be able to be productive for Cincinnati in all the NFL. All right, so you heard, obviously, uh, at the course of this week, Major League Baseball having a COVID issue. Um, the Brewers owner, Mark Atanasiasio, I think that's how you pronounce his name, quote, the NFL is watching us closely because they know they got next. What can they learn from baseball in our final 40 seconds of this segment? You know, I think everybody's always said it, is you got to understand, what do you do when you're outside the building? Because you're going to be in a protected atmosphere. If you want to go out and do something that can be destructive, self-destructive or team-destructive, those are going to be the issues that will decide the fate of this season. All right, coming up next, we'll talk about the Green Bay Packers with Milwaukee writer Tom Silverstein. It's coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and pleased to be joined to talk Green Bay Packer football by my old friend Tom Silverstein. And Tom, uh, it's been a crazy year to say the least, and it's going to be a crazy football season by all interpretations of what's going on and how things are about ready to get going with training camp and whatnot. Uh, what's the biggest storyline as you always prepare your bylines up north, and what's, what's the big story for the Green Bay Packers for 2020? Well, I think <laughs> I think it's getting through training camp, just like every other team right now. It's 
can they stay healthy? Can they, uh, you know, how, how well can they incorporate some of their rookies given the no off season? Um, and how do they pick their roster? Do they, you know, they're traditionally a team that keeps a lot of rookies, um, both undrafted and drafted, a lot of young players. But can they do that this year, given the lack of off season? So, I mean, number one is, can they make it through without having vast amount of guys test positive for coronavirus? Wisconsin is knee deep in this thing, and um, it has not been receding. And, you know, the, the more your community is seeped in this um, virus, the harder it's going to be for you to succeed. So I think that's that's going to be a real test. Hey Tom, this is this is Tom Thayer along with Jeff, and you know, yeah. uh, you know, talking a little bit about the football team because you know Green Bay was an organization that didn't bring in a lot of free agents, and then they become affectionately known as the Smith brothers, the pass rushing dynamic duo of the Packers. So would that invite them to maybe go out there and look at the free agent market a little bit more than they've done in the past? just because of the production of those two guys. And let's throw Adrian Amos into that, that group of guys. Yeah, that was, you know, that was highly unusual for them to go out and spend as much as they did on Adrian Amos. You know, they overpaid for him. They overpaid for Billy Turner guard from Denver. And then they paid through the teeth for Zadarius and Preston Smith. And they got good production really from all four guys. Um, Billy Turner, has a ways to go to be a, a really good starter, but Amos solidified their secondary and the two Smiths were, um, you couldn't ask much more from those two, but I think it was sort of um, an aberration or probably a better word for that because they had, they had a situation where they had some cap room, you know, they got, they no longer had Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, and um, they had cleared out some room, and so they had a lot of cap room to do some deals. But now, with you know Aaron Rodgers' deal is starting to kick in with really high cap numbers, the Smiths' numbers are going to increase. You know Amos's number is going to increase. Devontae Adams has a high number. Um, some of their David Bakhtiari has to be re-signed. Their left tackle. Aaron Jones needs to be re-signed. They're running back. So I think they're going to be limited in what they can do, or they'll have to get really creative in some of the deals they, they do. But I think that was a big expenditure to give Matt LaFleur um, the team he needed and to give him the defense he needed. And now um, I think you know a lot of what they'll do will be through the draft. Tom Silverstein, Green Bay Packers beat writer up north at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's been covering that team a very long time, has a lot of NFL insight. Uh, the Packers running game obviously was very, very good hands last year with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Now you add A.J. Dillon. Uh, there was all sorts of talk about, is this going to become more of a ground game team offensively? What's your interpretation of their backfield right now? What they've done, even at the tight end position of the offensive line, to, to make this more uh, balanced in offense? Yeah, I I don't know how you could read it any differently. I know uh, <laughs> Brian Gutekunst was, you know, taking the 
what do you mean kind of uh, tacked with us when he didn't draft a single wide receiver and what was probably what some people have thought is the best wide receiver class in two decades and signed one free agent, Devin Funches, who has since opted out of the season. So, you know, he, he drafts a each back in the uh, third round and a running back in the second round and a couple of offensive linemen. And I think, you know, you're going right back to the Lombardi Packers. I think he really wants to run the ball and he really wants to throw the ball off the run. I think he wants to change their culture that way. I think they've been a pass first team for um, two decades, you know, all the way back to the early nineties with Mike Holmgren. And he wants to change that. That's the, you know, San Francisco, um, LA Rams philosophy is you run the ball, you make a team stop the run and then you throw off of it. And I, I believe that's what um, Gutekunst is doing for uh, Matt LaFleur giving him those kind of guys. Tom, does there need to be like, I don't know what the right word is, a re um, a redirecting the culture in Green Bay? Because, you know, for the last 20 years, whether it's not Brett Favre or now and the Aaron Rodgers and his greatness, that's kind of the first element of the Packers you've talked about, regardless of who the head coach was. Does this head coach now have to take re-control the culture? Because in watching a Twitter interview with Aaron Rodgers, he's, you know, he doesn't look as excited as if they would have went out and given him a couple wide receivers because there is confusion about the value of his contract, the length of it, and they went and drafted a quarterback. He's lived through it before with he and Brett Favre, but does there have to be a change of culture that is in as controlled by the head coach here? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've talked about this a lot. Uh, I I really sort of compare it to when McCarthy came in after Mike Sherman. And Favre was kind of had been running roughshod over the organization. He was unsure if he was going to play every year. And he was kind of holding him hostage each offseason. They didn't know if he was coming back. And um, they he and Ted Thompson came in and it was very blatant that they decided they were taking back the franchise. It's not that, it's not that Favre went out and took it. It's that he was given it and he had been, you know, the, the savior and, and the top dog for so long that he, he just accepted all that responsibility. And, and, everything was centered around him and McCarthy came in and, and changed a lot of that. And Thompson didn't get him any free agents. You know, he was really mad after the 05 season when they went four and 12 and Thompson wouldn't sign any free agents, but what happens? He comes back and in 2007, they go to the NFC championship game. So you're, you know, second year into Mike McCarthy, he goes to the NFC championship game doing it McCarthy's way. And I think that's what's going to happen with Rodgers is that LaFleur has sort of, um, I I think he's flexed a little bit of muscle. After last year, he gave Rodgers a lot of leeway to do a lot of the things that he liked to do. And I think he's taking back some of the offense. 
you know, I think he's that's part of the reason they probably didn't draft receivers or they've gone heavy into the run game is that they're going to show him how that offense can benefit him in his, you know, waning years. And, and I do think that this is an attempt of LaFleur to get the culture back. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and our remaining moments here with Tom Silverstein, the Green Bay Packers beat reporter up north for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. All right, last question. Got a minute to go. What intrigues you about the 2020 Chicago Bears? Um, I, would, I would say that, I mean, their, their defense always um, it is always something that the Packers have difficulty with and i i just want to see if they're going to have the same type of uh, pressure uh that they've had in the past years i think that and you know with the 97 tight ends they have on the roster <laughs> how tough are they going to be to to run the ball and both play action as well i mean i i think i think they have the right idea with tight ends and i think Matt LaFleur is figuring that out as well, that you can really make some hay with tight ends. And I, I just want to see whether, um, you know, they make a jump this year that, you know, that's sort of time for them to do that. And, you know, time's, time's a wasting and, and this has got to be one of their years or their year. All right, Tom, we'll let you go. Uh, hey, uh, simply put, we all want to see ball come back. Everybody stay healthy, but let the games begin. How about it, Tom? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I hope both you guys are doing well. And uh, I am here, and let's see what happens. Thank Tom you, Tom. Thompson. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining okay, us. Okay, take Training care. camp underway for the Green Bay Packers. Our trip through the NFC North now complete. We've done Minnesota, Detroit, and Green Bay. All right, Tom, uh, Tom Silverstein, uh, you know, you had the best question, in, in my opinion. That was about, you know, how things are going to be moving forward, about who's taking control of that situation, and the head coach appears to be, and, and it's not Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, Jeff, we learned a great lesson of, from Nick Foles today when he was talking about the decisiveness that a quarterback battle that can create in the locker room. And you got to tell me that every one of those veterans are going to sidle up to next to Aaron Rodgers, even though they traded up for a first-round quarterback. And it could be a destructive dynamic if you can't get everybody on a complimentary competitive page. And that's what Green Bay is going to have to do. And that's going to have to be controlled by a young man at the head coach position. All right, Tom, uh, some quick hitters here before we get you out of here. Uh, let's see if I can run down a list of things that might uh, tweak your curiosity a little bit. Okay. You asked me this week, uh, you asked me if A-Rob was faster than Larry Fitzgerald or vice versa. Um, because Larry wasn't about speed. He was just about sheer ability, and he was fast early in his career. W what are you angling that there? Because I'm thinking about all the receivers that the Chicago Bears have, and I'm going to include Jimmy Graham into that group of people. Because when you identify a number one receiver, it's not about having world-class speed. It's about making sure that you're covered. And so when I think of A-Rod, A-Rob, excuse me, and, and then I think of Larry Fitzgerald, I think of the similarities in them. They're not burners, but if you don't cover them, they will kill you for double-digit catches and yards. And so... I, I I just wanted to kind of reinforce to myself that 
A-Rob is a number one receiver, number one receiver on the Bears, and he is a coverage concern for all opponents. Absolutely, and hopefully more guys can become in that situation like Anthony Miller and uh, Riley Ridley and the fellas as we look forward to their uh, time with the quarterbacks, getting that continuity and that timing down. I know Mitch has worked with Allen and, and many other receivers throughout the offseason. It's something that Nick was not afforded to the opportunity given he was been in California. Hey, Bears fans, it's important to stay connected now more than ever. And at Motorola, we love making that possible with the new Razor. You can enjoy staying connected a little bit more. It's a phone. It's an accessory. It's an icon reinvented. Hello, Moto. Thanks to Tom Silverstein and our producers, Dan Brilli and Jordan Treadup. Tom, we're out of time. We'll talk to you next week. Very good. This has been Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.